Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree, it's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guest. And today's guest is Aaron Matthew. And he is a 36-year-old nurse from Sydney, Australia, with a background in mental health, currently in the COVID-19 workforce. Thank you for your service. Uh, he is a creative dreamer who dabbles in fashion, tattoos, abstract art, a former provider of sexual services, which I will be asking about, environmental advocate, and the oldest of twins. He's an all-you-can-eat buffet of life down under. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Raylene. I um, came across, this is the strangest story. So if you've listened to my podcast before, you know that I have been searching for an adult male who got a circumcision as an adult. And I was online and I saw this crocheted penis that someone had made. And she said, I made this for my friend who just got um, a, a circumcision. And I was like, oh my God, can you connect me with him? I am dying to talk about adult male circumcision. And that is how the internet works. <laughs> so now I'm speaking to Aaron in Australia about his penis. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> and uh, just to clarify, we're not talking about the crocheted penis, which I'm right. holding right it's now. It's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> but um, uh, we'll talk. We can have, I'm happily going to talk about my own penis as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny but it's like literally I've been I've been putting it out there for a while it's like because I I don't have any sons um I only have daughters when my o oldest daughter was born we were in the hospital and somebody came in and said do you want your son circumcised and I said probably when I have one but I had a daughter so don't touch her <laughs> <laughs> and and then as I get older and I you know, there's the female circumcision that happens in some weird states that I, I don't think anybody is pro that. Um, and then there's the the Chinese, was it Chinese or Japanese lotus feet that they used to do? You know what that is? When oh, they used I to do the foot binding? And and then I thought, yeah. And we finally stopped doing that. And then I'm like, why are we still doing what is essentially a religious ceremony on a penis that is a Jewish and Muslim based ceremony on everybody else. And, and 33% of males, and that's actually not, I thought, I didn't think it was, I thought it was a lot more, but only 33% of males are circumcised um, mostly in the U S middle East and South Korea. Uh, it's less common in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so then uh I'm, I'm just curious about it. So tell me about your experience with your penis. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting that you, uh, like, you're surprised how few it is. I think in the United States, it really is a much larger number. And you, I'm with you. I don't really understand the background, how it became so popular there. Because <laughs> um, in Australia, it's never been that big. 
um, but yeah, but I was, so I was born um, with a whole penis, <laughs> um, like everyone is, uh, well, I guess there's probably some exceptions, um, but, um, <laughs> and yeah, the, it was, and never had a problem with it. I was not circumcised. My parents didn't decide to be circumcised. My dad is circumcised. Uh, sorry, dad, uh, that's live now. Um, but yeah, but that, uh, I guess, but he, they, his parents were from the UK and like, I don't know any, I don't know anything about uh, the background of those kind of, but it, it often is family based decision making. Right. Men, men it's, want their sons to penises to look like their penises. Oh, that, that's actually a very, yeah, you hear that a lot. And I, there's a pride or something in male to male, yeah. like being I know, weird, but, um, yeah, so, um, and I've, for, for most of my life, it was not a problem. I've, I'm, I always had phimosis, which I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's a, um, uh, I guess the elastic of your foreskin is really tight. Yeah. Um, it, it's varying degrees with different people. Um, it's, it's not uncommon. I think 10% of people can have it, um, of guys can have it, but, um, for me, it wasn't a painful thing at all. Some people have to have that surgery really early because it is painful, et cetera. Um, and, um, but later in life, uh, like, well, obviously in the last, you know, five or so years, it just, I just started being bothered by it a bit more and I can go into that in detail, but um, yeah. And so I decided to get it cut off um, and haven't looked back. It's, I think, what is it? I, I'll be, four weeks tomorrow since surgery, post-surgery. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. No, tomorrow's Thursday. <laughs> We're in a time difference here. So. Yes. Well, um, I was like, depends on where you are because tomorrow's <laughs> Thursday here. <laughs> right. Tomorrow's also Thursday here, but not for long. Um, yeah, but um, interestingly, like in, in while I, before I did this, like it wasn't some uh, last minute decision or anything. Um, I'd had plenty of great sex beforehand. I'd asked, I've asked, I asked partners about it. Um, I asked um, just uh, friends, like all these, like it was like an investigative process that um, <laughs> I built up the evidence, I guess, in my mind to um, go through with it. Cause it's a big deal, I guess. I would imagine. So, I mean, if, if 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 mutilation of of a child without their consent is a big deal, which it is, absolutely, um, in my mind, and self mutilation in a way um, is similar, but in a lot of ways, I've also thought of it as cosmetic surgery. <laughs> I have a custom right. penis. <laughs> custom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, all right. So with your partners, how many of your and this is a nosy question, uh, were mm -hmm. most of them circumcised or uncircumcised or was it a fairly decent balance? I think in the past I've probably had, like uh, if any, a uh, fairly decent balance, but probably more um, more on the side of um, uncircumcised. Um, but I would ask them about my penis. I'm like, what do you think? Of, is this like too tight? Or like, and, and people would say, oh, I love your penis. Or they'd be like, oh, maybe get it cut off. Uh, no, don't, don't, don't do anything to yourself. Like the, the ideas about other people's ideas about it were mostly really forgiving. And, and like, so in the end, it was just my decision. 
I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I had a fairly promiscuous time between my two marriages and I've seen a lot of penises and I've never seen one uncircumcised. Now, oh, really? it, yeah, I've never wow. seen one. I've seen them like in pictures, but I've never actually come across one. I think I would be. <laughs> and so that's when I, you know, that's part of the, the whole thing. And then my grandsons, they're all circumcised. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, well, why'd you do that? Because, you know, and uh, it was the same thing. You know, my what son-in-law just think? wants his kids' penises to look like his oh. penis. It's that sounds so weird to me. I mean, I get it, but I also don't get it. Right? Because how often are you going to see it after you put after diapers? You know. So true. So true. And at some point, the kid is deliberately going to avoid letting you see it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. This so it's another- only been four weeks so you haven't had a chance to test drive this thing yet um no um I'm supposed to wait five weeks so one more (laughs) week I haven't I so I'm I'm being allowed to uh, no sex uh no no intercourse no um playing around uh no masturbation um that would be torture I think, and and just like the skin is healing in that area, but to be honest, the, the stitches are dissolvable. So they kind of came out one by one. I, I know it must've been like 26 stitches around the head and then uh, like three up the back of the head where the frenulum would have previously mm-hmm. been attached. Um, and or I think a lot of people call them banjo strings and things like that, but um. <laughs> Isn't it? Folklore, you know. Um, but um, yeah, and they dissolved over time and the first, last stitch actually came out. They a lot of them came out very quickly. Um, but the last stitch actually came out um maybe I know uh, five days ago. Yeah. So, so now it looks has it been difficult not getting erections? Oh my god, um so difficult and so much. It, unexpectedly so much harder um no that's the wrong choice of words <laughs> so much <laughs> problematic actually um at the beginning um and I, it's really funny because I remember a friend saying oh you must you have to masturbate as much as you can before you go in um <laughs> otherwise you um otherwise you won't because like, you won't be able to do it for so long and I'm like okay I, I did it a little but I'm like enough like enough like every day but um (laughs) but um it didn't make it less it didn't make me have fewer erections it just it it didn't help at all (laughs) right yeah Yeah. no because the more you do it the more you want to do it yeah I I guess in some ways that's the case but I think in a lot of ways also um having surgery in that area your body wants to is more sensitive um, more, right. it's like hovering so it, I know it's it listens to its own messages more for that area I'm does that make sense yes um because because I would wake up it, erections were painful um like really painful not just because of the, the sti- it wasn't even the stitches in the early days it because I had a bandage around the top and it's um it, it's a hard bandage like it's it's a bandage that's been glued to my skin where the stitches mm. are um and like completely soaked in um antiseptic and wrapped around so it's like just glued and even the bottom part 
just to be a little graphic is that was um dark with dried blood mm -hmm. um because that's where most of the skin removal right. stitches etc right. were but um that was like a tourniquet i woke up day one and like i i didn't sleep for more than five hours for the first few days at a time because i would wake up with an erection and it would be painful that would be waking me up <laughs> right it wasn't easy I can, I can i i can identify with that to a degree because once um i got a cut on my eye and every time i would go to sleep and my eyes would start moving that little flap of skin would start to scrape and I would wake up in pain. Right. And uh, so I would uh, imagine yeah. the same and, you know, with involuntary movements of the body, you know, like if somebody flipped the light on real quick, you know, my pupil would go swoop and I would feel that piece of skin drag and it was incredibly painful. So I can imagine yeah. that the same thing would happen when the blood would start to flow and the penis would start to oh. get erect and all that stuff would yeah. wake you right, right up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's funny when you um, like talk about blood flow, um, it's one of the problems, one of the reasons I got circumcised was because um, of the, the type four skin, a lot of, for uncircumcised guys, um, sex generally involves movement of the foreskin and forth with during the process like the friction like mm -hmm. it's, it will happen without even trying um and uh, but mine was tight uh too tight to really be pulled back over the head um so if if it did get pulled back and, it, and i could manage it like it was kind of painful but it didn't cause me any great trauma sometimes it would get stuck and like literally that was painful like the blood would feel the head and it was like too tight to unfill you know oh. like a one-way valve <laughs> yeah yeah, so um, it was not a big deal because it wouldn't. It would rarely, I would rarely do that. I kind of had to do it myself deliberately. But you know, boys and their penises, they'll <laughs> so explore. In this <laughs> case, literally choking the chicken. <laughs> yeah, this was an actual tourniquet. <laughs> um, the, the restriction of the tightness of the skin was gone, but there was an actual tourniquet there. And it, it was not nice. <laughs> but, um, so the was the surgery? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, the, no, that's right. We'll go no, start one thing at a time. Yeah, the surgery was not painful. Um, I know I I looked up so I watched I literally watched surgery of this kind online on YouTube before, like a, a more than a year ago. But um, it was not painful. I had I was put on I had a general anaesthetic and a nerve block as well. In fact, so they were quite thorough. Um, I felt it when I woke up. I think it was would have been a couple of hours later. It was that's not how long the surgery is, but that's how long I was out. Um, yeah, they said it's only like twenty minutes. It's really quick. I don't even know actually. I have never actually looked up how long I was in there, but my I went in around eight o'clock in the morning, and I went home from the hospital. I was home from the hospital by three. I was quite high the whole day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I would want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, even though I had those things, I could feel my whole body, like the, the tube that went down my throat, I could feel how sore my throat was, my body ached. Um, and so I did have, like, they gave me morphine when I first woke up. And because I work at the hospital, all the nurses were gathered around. They're like, are you okay? I need you for you. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, the pain, the surgery was not painful. The pain came later, but 
like it come came in it wasn't consistent for sure it was worse when it was when erections happened which early on was like a couple of times a day and I think mostly uh because I needed to pee I'm not sure if a lot of people know that um, men get erections in their sleep um because it will stop the it cuts off the urethra Mm -hmm. uh but you know it's it's not permanent (laughs) so people need to wake up to pee but um yeah the but the pain came came and went like some I feel like um everything every day was different I I would after the bandages came off it was different um I there would be days where I would be like oh no I need tight underwear to keep it from moving around not tight but you know like with a pouch some kind of space like a bikini (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly like Bikini, but um, but where my pants wouldn't be brushing on a moving object, or my moving yes. object, the penis, <laughs> wouldn't be brushing on them. But then there were other days where I'm like, no, I cannot wear underwear today. That is a horrifying idea, and it came and went. So I don't know. Yeah, I had a lot. Well, you actually answered some of my questions, which was, I mean, having it rub against things seems like it would be terribly uncomfortable. And since it's always had a little cap on it, is it super sensitive now? Yes. Um, in a lot of ways for, I think for, uh, the weirdest thing, it's almost like, a, um, it's almost like I have this background sensitivity, which doesn't, I don't always notice, but as soon as I notice it, I can't unnotice it. Right. <laughs> um, but it's not as persistent now when it was, when it was really healing and definitely when the stitches were still in there, um, it I noticed a lot more and some days it was almost like arousing, but some days like not arousing. Like it was just, (laughs) I guess the pain pleasure situation was a big mess for a while. Mm. Welcome to having a clitter. Sometimes it's arousing and sometimes don't fucking touch it. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that sounds like I can only imagine really, but now I have, at least I have an idea. Thank you. Right. So this will be, I mean, so when do you plan on taking it for its first test drive? Do you have a partner in mind or is it still just going to be hit or miss? Are you just looking forward to masturbating again? (laughs) Um, I would, I have thought, I've had suggestions from friends and I've thought about it a bit. I would, um, I, people were like, oh, you must have, have sex before you go in and then have sex with the same person afterwards and you can get that input. <laughs> but um, I didn't end up doing that. <laughs> but um, I would like, I, I am really looking forward, I think, to having sex with someone I've had sex with before. And I guess I don't have a partner at the moment, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask someone. <laughs> I'm, you'll I'm go back through your little black book. About my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But speaking of um, taking it up, and I, I, I having, I did. I mentioned that I've felt so like aroused so often over the last few weeks. I did actually masturbate with it ahead of time. In the <laughs> week, it was the weirdest experience. <laughs> um, I don't know if I, I haven't described it very thoroughly yet, but um, I because I I could I would get aroused and um, it was so much so intense because of everything that's going on. And all the there's actually more room for blood now. Well, I don't know, didn't know that that would make it harder to not um, 
go through with it or whatever but um it did <laughs> I don't know it's like so I but I managed to masturbate without touching the stitches without moving the stitches without touching the head of the penis and it was this disturbing almost sadistic kind of pain pleasure thing again and I haven't done it since <laughs> <laughs> sorry for that I don't even know if that can be discussed I no don't know it's fine to, how to discuss it's fine I I'm telling you when it comes to the clutter it's the same thing sometimes you can have orgasms that hurt and feel good at the same time and you're just like mm. I don't want that one every time, but all right, that's what I got this time. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, that, that actually makes me feel like already like a little bit more safer about it because it's still yeah. something wild in my head. I'm just curious how going forward, it's feel different in your pants. It's going to feel different. Obviously when you have sex, since you no longer have the covering on it, it's going to, I've always been curious about penises, obviously, because I don't have one. Like, how does it feel to be rubbing I mean it's always there so it's always yeah, rubbing on so something is always there I mean, it definitely and changes I think in size your sensitivity level is going to be insane because anybody who has already had a foreskin removed um they're used to their penis tip rubbing on everything all of the time and now yours is going to be like all brand new soft yeah. untouched yeah yeah and it's actually funny a friend of mine did say um it, it was gonna be so much more soft mine is more leathery and I was like don't say that word <laughs> right that's that doesn't sound like it's a bit like skin like out external skin rather than internal skin you're absolutely right um yeah. I think it's gonna be much more sensitive I don't think I I wouldn't have described um a, the foreskin rubbing against anything as really sensitive at all even though the nerve endings were like so amazing like it when during sex and things like that like um even though I've, it, there's a different sensitivity I think it is going to be a, a learning curve it's going to be very different yeah and don't I expect don't... to last as long as you used to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and apparently I've been told I should I would need to use lubricant a lot more well, I think everybody should use lubricant every time. So that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it slippery, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. Yeah, it's the kiss method of having sex. Keep it slippery, stupid. I really like that. I can't believe it. I don't know. If I've probably heard that before. That's brilliant. Probably. Um, okay, so I am curious about this former provider of sexual services, Aaron. Oh. <laughs> Tell me what this <laughs> means. <laughs> I wanted to keep it non-political or whatever. I don't know. Um, I was I worked as a, in a brothel for a month and then as, as an escort for a year, uh, two years actually. Um, really? A, a few years ago, yeah. You're just checking two boxes at once for me. This is also oh. on my list of things I want to talk about. <laughs> well, nobody ever complained about my foreskin. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I don't even think they can talk about them in relation to each other, but yeah. <laughs> that's amazing so you were actually so when you say ec, uh escort do you mean sex worker yes yeah so um absolutely sex worker and I think it people have this idea that escorts and uh don't always don't have sex um I'd say they like probably 95 percent of the time have sex <laughs> because it's almost like there's an expectation that you there's that a sexual need has to be met um and by 
Um, and if you don't, uh, if you're not offering it, um, or at least teasing the offer of it, then you're not doing, you're not, that's, you're not doing your job. Like that's what they hire you for, I guess. But we, I use Escort to separate from, I do brothel work or street work, I guess, just helps because it's like an online self-run kind of thing. Right. Also, yeah. are brothels legal there? Um, that's a really good question. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the, there was two male brothels in Sydney, and um, but there's um, several female ones, and I know um, there's heaps of sex on premises venues, um, which I know that people work out of and things like that, but not legally. So I, I feel like I'm going to say no, but sex work isn't illegal either. Wow. So it's kind of, a, it's a messy Very situation. Very progressive. And there's lots of support for um, sex workers, like uh, sexual health clinics and specifically for them, people whose job is to go around to the, all the brothels and, and, and check in with everyone, all the workers to see that they're, if they need anything or what they're looking after themselves and things like that. And that they're voluntarily there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, I didn't see that stuff happening, but I know it happens. So it's sad, but yeah. <laughs> well, because it's not legal here. That's it's all pretty much not voluntarily there. Well, actually, oh, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I think I just make those assumptions, but I'm Wouldn't certain. State, state would it be state to state or no federally? I've seen Louis Thoreau explore the brothels of I don't know. It must have been Nevada. I think it was very good show. But it was, I, it, it's so weird that something can be illegal and yet so prevalent and easy to find. Oh, you mean like drugs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly like drugs. Right. It's illegal, but all you got to do is look on the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? First of all, does it pay well? Is it, is it, yes, does it pay well? I think you have to be either lucky or work really hard for it to pay well um they're my two ideas and it has been a while ago since I but um but I would make I in the brothel actually it was easier even though I got I got like a, a like I think 30% of my income went to the brothel um it was easier to make money because they, there's just like a whole regular client base kind of system and and they're all very loyal and things like that. Um, and I would make like a thousand dollars a week. Um, at that time, yeah, that's I definitely nothing to sneeze at. Up and what would that? That's like, would that be like six hundred dollars American? Oh, that's right. Yeah, probably. But I mean, ago. was it? It's not. It wasn't like a nine to five, forty hour a week job, was it? Oh no. Um, oh, I guess that would have been. Oh, probably it's only like six hours a day um and if i sometimes i'd go home early because it would be so popular <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i would have done three hours work is enough <laughs> like okay so is there um a stigma uh after the fact of having worked in a in um brothels or being a sex worker or um, an escort or people be like i don't want to yeah date you because no sex work is a great word to use I think um I don't I not in not in my group of friends my community I think um and in the general 
um, not just queer, but the queer friendly community. Like you, if you look at an, um, an advert, a housing advert like to for housemates or or something almost all like all the inner west which is in a more i guess bohemian uh area um even the inner city like different different certain areas mostly where gay people and queer people are um more prevalent they they literally say sex worker friendly in their adverts like it's not what's s w but everybody knows what that means yeah right. like they're <laughs> um it's not social worker that's for sure um, <laughs> well, it is sure some sort of social work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, it's absolutely, um, it's an, it's a known industry that people, it, it is getting de-stigmatized, stigmatized, um, and it's been getting better over the, the last few years. It's really, really good, actually. Even though I know that both, a lot of the brothels have closed, I don't know what happened to them, but yeah. That's so interesting. I don't know why. I don't know. I think I probably have the same thoughts everybody else has. I'm just more vocal about them. Like, yeah, good. When well, you you when you're vocal about it, it helps other people who would like to be more vocal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why people listen to my podcast and 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 they're just like, well, what is she going to ask this time? That's interesting. How did you get into sex work? Did somebody just? Um, I had uh, a. As someone a, a sex worker move in with me and they told me after they moved in and they're like we talked about it but it was something that kind of I was like I, I you know when you have those fantasies in your mind of like oh I could imagine if I was doing that or that and I just yeah they gave me the confidence to try it yeah, yeah. that's I mean doesn't everybody have those thoughts <laughs> they do I don't think I think I'd be very surprised if like maybe half the people had wondered what it would be like to be a high flying um, um, escort slash I don't know what, what they what are the high flying yeah ones no called? yeah that's routinely and, that's in my spank bank right there is occasionally yeah. <laughs> or or for females the the flick file <laughs> oh, the flick file oh I like that I really like yeah that. I mean I made that up one time all right so let's like, begin you- my nosy questions yeah yeah, yeah. how old were you when you had your sexual debut and by that I mean when did you have sex on purpose for the first time um I was a bit of a late bloomer and I was 19 oh wow that is pretty late yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you're just like all right well, I'm good at this gonna go get paid for it <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a good 15 years between those two <laughs> You don't even look old enough to be 15 years older than 19. <laughs> um, well, as you introduced me, I'm 36, nearly 37. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I did say that. Yeah. It was funny. I was talking to somebody last night and um, he congratulated me on my post about being, I just, um, yesterday was my 25th wedding anniversary. And and then I was, t- the, the subject of how old I am came up and he goes, I really thought you were in your late 30s. And I'm like, and married for 25 years he goes yeah I guess that math doesn't work and I was like, okay cool yeah. <laughs> um when did you have your first orgasm um I um oh first orgasm that's a good question um gosh I might maybe when I was 11 or 12 yeah that's reasonable yeah. I like that question because I think it's it's important for people to know that there's a huge age range 
between when people had their first orgasms and also when they had sex for the first time. And I feel like if in a sex ed class, if they could put those statistics that said, you know, that says percentages, there's always going to be like a bell curve because if you're talking to teenagers and I've said this on my podcast before, I lost my virginity at 13 because I thought everybody was having sex. So I just went and had sex. Right. And then I found out that I was the only one who had had sex. And then I was like, ugh. so if in sex ed classes, they could show a bell curve of the number of people who are having sex and what age they have sex. Then a kid can say, um, yeah, you know what? Most people are waiting till 17. I'll wait till 17. Or if they had already had sex, I'd be like, well, at least I'm not the only one who's had sex. Right. Yeah. There's. Yeah, precisely. That's it's wild that people. um take on board assumptions so readily right they're like oh, I'm, I, I'm I'm gonna assume based on like the kids in my class at school <laughs> that this is right. going on so I'm just gonna go for it and do 10 times that <laughs> it's yeah well funny. I want to I desperately wanted to be cool I wanted to be accepted and everybody else was having sex I should have sex and yeah obviously that's not how they worked <laughs> did Everybody's not make me cool <laughs> Well, it's like it's like we were saying what were we saying about um like you know, the the dad wants the their son's penis to look like their penis it's like a, it's in some way a lot of ways it's it's a cultural thing that leads to sex too like I grew up in the bush in the country um a lot of people think everybody's having sex a lot earlier because we're just I don't know running around or fields or something. <laughs> watching the animals do it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Sorry, that's actually much more relevant. But um, <laughs> but I'd say actually we're much later, maybe because we have a better a better understanding of it earlier on, or on or, or it's not something as uh, oh, what is it? Is mystical? So it's right. not. Yeah, but then we're also exposed to far fewer options, I guess, to have sex. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Everywhere's so different. Okay, when or what was your best orgasm? Do you have a best orgasm? I have a best orgasm. I definitely have some really good ones. <laughs> and it wasn't your last one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't know how to categorize that one <laughs> yet. Um, God, I don't even know where my best orgasm would have been. I haven't. I haven't been having a lot of sex lately, so it hasn't been on my mind. Um, I've I've had uh, like orgasms, an orgasm underwater. That was amazing. Like that's pretty cool. Um, that's interesting. Like, yeah. Um, I I only just learned you can buy lubricant for underwater. It's wild. Um, <laughs> but, um, you mean silicone silicone lubricant? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. yeah right <laughs> but um I don't know where my best orgasm would have been I had some amazing times on like beaches and like I, it's they're all I've had some great sex over the years and I'm really yeah, great sex <laughs> when was the worst sex okay um oh my god this might even bring us back to our original topic um <laughs> but um I remember I and everybody does these mistakes in their youth um 
and again, I'm I'm not saying I'm old, but um, but in my um early twenties, I remember like I was I really liked this guy so much, um, and we'd hooked up once before, um, and we were out this one night, and and everybody was like, oh yeah, let's we're all getting in this um taxi home. It's like a big taxi, and we're like, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna hook up again because the vibe was there and all of that, um. But he's like, oh no, I'm going, I'm getting out now. Uh, we're dro- we're, I'm getting dropped off at my parents. And I'm like, you can't come in. And I'm like, oh, um, what do I do now? I don't even know where I am. <laughs> um, and uh, not a dangerous way, not in a dangerous way. I was in like my right. home, like uh, a town I knew really well. Um, but so I just went home with someone else in the car. <laughs> Why? I just, stupid weird 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 decision but I um I went and we slept together and um I remember like discovering that he had a foreskin and I've described it many times to friends with great amusement um a foreskin like a wizard's sleeve (laughs) 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 and I it weirded me out so much I feel I'm like I apologize to him in the, from 15 years in the future but I it bothered me and I didn't know what to do with it <laughs> I didn't even like touching it <laughs> and so I avoided touching it <laughs> so I just had this weird non-sexual sex that I didn't know what was going and I just then I crashed and the next morning I remember waking up really early and he was out out of it and I can hear someone in the bedroom and I'm like oh my god hide under the blankets and his mum came in and was like, I could hear her picking up clothes. And I was like, I can't believe his mum is here. And she, she's like, what are these? What is this? And I'm like, just don't say anything. Don't say anything. You're asleep. You're asleep. And I, and then after she left, um, I woke him up and I was like, your mum was in here, like just in the room. I think she took my socks. She washed my socks on the line. And, and, and she never appeared again because he went and, told her that I was here and I was horrible again because she didn't want to see me and I was like I'm just gonna go terrible (laughs) well okay the next one was gonna be funny sex story but I think we've also covered that one (laughs) (laughs) with the wizard sleeve and the washed socks I don't think that there's a better story Oh dear, maybe I can do a funny escorting story. What could I do? Um, I mean, without revealing any names, of course. Right. I don't know their names. Actually, they're not even real. I'm like, um, I don't know them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your podcast listeners, are they like, oh, I've got to look up, let them know that they've been yes. podcast. I've had some people come on anonymously. And I had one, because, you know, I told you I don't um, edit these a lot. I had one woman come on and out her ex-husband's current wife is having herpes. And I had to, I had to X, I had to whoop. (laughs) That one I cut out. (laughs) (laughs) That is not our business to be outing anybody else's issues <laughs> yeah i think we'll leave that at that story it was funny and disturbing <laughs> that is that's where's the craziest place you've ever had sex the what sorry craziest place you've ever had sex yes place 
Um, I've had sex at work. In the um, hospital? Um, without, um, yeah, they don't, they won't know. They won't see this. Yes, at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, wait a minute. You were a sex worker, so it was your job to have sex at work. So <laughs> God, I once had sex with a doctor who hired me while I was escorting and I was working at the hospital. Did he know? Well, he did once I answered the answer the door. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually so amazing that I literally only charged him for an hour and we had four hours of fun. <laughs> and then you had, and then you would like see him in the halls at work? Uh, yeah. And it was actually terrible. He was really immature about that, but he, he did, oh. he, came, he came around after a few months. So I'm, I'm proud of him for growing. <laughs> That's good. Plus fun with it. <laughs> Where at work? Like one of those closets um, in um in bathrooms actually, which always oh bathrooms. So you've done it more than once. Choose that. Oh yes, um I have done it more than once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've also left work and to have sex in my break <laughs> multiple times. Wow, um, that's yeah. fun. What's your favorite time of day to have sex? Do you have a favorite time of day, and what is it? Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, I think my favorite time of day would definitely be like, like in the daytime. I, it, there's something really magical, like a little bit risque, a little bit um, daring about being able to see everything, I think. And it does excite me. Um, and so, and, it, and even more so in the afternoon when you're like, I know I, I had sex at my parents' place with my boyfriend at the time and and we didn't plan it. It just happened. We we're having a nap and I just <laughs> was like, no napping anymore. <laughs> but it was, but it was amazing. And um, I do really like it during the day. I think that's, it's much more exciting. I also love it during the day. And when COVID happened and my husband was working from home, the amount of, we were having a lot more sex because we were both home during the day. But amazing. then like amazing. two weeks ago, he went back to work and, you know, as it just turned out, we didn't wind up having sex for like two weeks. And then when we did, I cried and he was like, what? And I'm like, I missed you so much. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, oh, you I just, rolls. Yeah. So we, we started the afternoon. I just like afternoons so much better. I've yeah. never liked morning sex. I know some people love, I hate morning sex. Um, and at night, you know, we're tired and just like, just time to be done. But in the afternoon, we're like, who wants to go have a nap? <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe that's it. It's the, it's a good energy balance. Yeah. So like, yeah. If you can, if you can actually get together. <laughs> right. So now I'm, I'm bummed because he's back to work three, four days a week now. So our sex, sex capades are up. Now we just have to look forward to retirement. 24 <laughs> 7 well and that was the thing when COVID hit and he was going to be home 24 7 I was like this is never going to work like I don't think I can stand having him around and now it's I mean I never it never bothered me and now that he's back to work I'm during the day I'm walking around I'm like I'm so bored I'm so lonely oh. <laughs> yeah I guess I have to talk to strangers on the internet about sex <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
this one's weird for me because I, I mean, it's obvious that you're gay and I don't know that there's a ton of positions that you can have, but do you have a favorite position? Um, or maybe you have a lot more positions that I could possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be, you would be surprised. Um, I think I, what would be my favorite position? I mean, there's lots of favorite positions, lots of good positions. Um, but you know, what's funny is I really enjoy, it's almost like an, forming a knot, but still having sex. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, because there's, it's like you can, you can, uh, create more pressure between your bodies and like in the tightness and I know I don't know what um, I have heard people say that like um, sex between uh, people of, of like the same gender or different genders when there's females involved can be like sometimes it's really like, soft and amazing and sometimes it's the same it's the same with men but um it's also, I think, so um, it's like it's ecstasy, this electricity, because with the more skin contact you have, the better. And I love that. So I kind of I kind of go with a, um, I would like I'd have one leg kind of folded and one leg wrapping around them at the same time as like penetrating them or being penetrated. And like, yeah, so that's it doesn't have a name. Knot. I'm call it a knot. <laughs> a knot. OK. I was thinking not. rocking chair, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> What's that one? I have heard um, like a like a variation of scissors is really good, where it's kind of like being on your side, but you have to split your legs. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And do you have, and I don't even know that there's a ton available, but do you have a favorite toy? Um, I do have a couple of toys. I just don't use them that much. Huh. Um, I was in quarantine for two weeks when I traveled for work and um and I did get some toys and I got a bad dragon dildo, which I've used like twice. <laughs> I just I'm I, I used to be more of a bottom and now I'm more of a top. And so I just kind of, but it, I wanted to have one in quarantine with me. <laughs> um, but I've but at the same time, I bought a flip. Oh, yeah. And I think that's my new favorite toy. Um, yeah, you, you know what a flashlight is. Yes. I just yeah. um, I just had a really good question, and it flipped right out of my brain. Um, oh, not bottoming and then topping? Uh, yes. Have you heard of siding? Um, no. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, it's just basically um it's guys that don't actually have penetrative sex and they're just in relationships. They're gay, but they don't actually have penetrative sex. So they're neither a top nor a bottom, they're just sides. I like that. I really like that. I you had a, that, a guy on my show. I, yeah, go on. He's a he's a doctor, he's a PhD and he talks about sex. And he uh, came on and just talked all about how you don't have to have penetrative sex to be in a committed sexual relationship with somebody. And I was like, that's cool. But I've talked to a million oh, gay guys yeah. and nobody else has ever heard of sides. <laughs> I've never heard of siding, but I definitely um, agree with him in that, like I, I consider a sexual act. It, you don't have to be penetrating to have a sexual act or intercourse in my opinion at all. Yeah, definitely. I just thought it was curious because yeah, I, I don't think anybody um, knows. But then I like I've got, 
in my other podcast, I've got a guy and he's gay and he's like, absolutely not. I will be penetrated. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I, I, I understand that, but I, I think I'm like you when you were talking, when you said sometimes the clitoris does not want to be touched. Sometimes it does. That is completely right. me to be. <laughs> yes. It's like an angry bird. I don't know why I came up with that. That might be one of those things I cut out. Like, that was dumb. (laughs) You do you. That's fine. (laughs) All right. Is there anything else that you want to tell me about your penis, your love life, or anything else you want to share? Um, I, I, you know what I can think of? Um, I've really enjoyed this whole time going through a circumcision and um, like in Australia, I had to wait a year and with COVID, it was actually a year and two months um, because all elective surgeries are that long in the public system. So, um, and so no, it didn't cost me anything. I had not a cent. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. The, yeah, but the, uh, but I really learned a lot about and really, it's helped me open up about my not even not even sexuality or but masculinity because uh, we've had so often so many wonderful conversations with friends and and even like strangers like not um not like out there like slapping my crocheted dick in their face but um <laughs> I am <laughs> I am I it comes up a weird number of times like people are like oh are you okay because you made this face and I'm like no I'm just in pain I just had surgery and I'm like if I trust them or if they have someone I kind of know I'll be like yeah sure it doesn't bother me to tell you that's what it was um but yeah and it and it's amazing uh it has been a really nice uh, time and space to explore masculinity and um, because it doesn't matter if you have a foreskin or not um, or what your parents think or what you need or, um, or well, you, you should do what you need or want. Um, and it's been really nice having these conversations. My friends, like, I, it's not a term, it's a term I thought I coined, but I Googled it and I, it doesn't mean what I thought it meant, but I um, had a divorce skin party Oh. <laughs> so I had the idea when I was talking to my friend about having a party and his partner was there and who is a marriage celebrant and he was like we should have a ceremony and I was like what we are doing <laughs> we are absolutely doing this it's a divorce skin I'm divorcing my foreskin um, and we had this incredible party and that's where my friend um uh gave me the the, the crocheted penis um, which her five-year-old niece, her mum and her sister helped crochet it. Her five-year-old niece was stuffing it, <laughs> but she, <laughs> thought it was, she was told it was a rabbit. So <laughs> yes. But, um, oh, you know what? I'm gonna put yeah. you know when I do the uh, the picture for this, I, I'm gonna yeah. put that in there too. We've got a yeah. People I, have got well, to I see this lovely it. thing. It is adorable. Um, but yeah, the um, and so I had this party and. It was like everybody was free to talk about their body parts without exposing them, without like, without being intrusive. It was a really wonderful space, and my heart was so full. I, I had a friend of mine who made me. Oh, I have these earrings, and I said, "Can I have your banana peeled earrings?" And she said, "Do you want me to?" <laughs> Within five minutes, she said, "Do you want to have a penis coming out of the banana peel?" And I was like, "Absolutely, yes." <laughs> You only get two penises in life. You may as well celebrate. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and then she wore 
she wore a, a, a stocking bodysuit, nothing else. And she had a stocking penis with like knitted pubic hair and balls. Like it was just <laughs> this wild graphic thing that she threw around. She lived her penis life and it was such a good party. Like I just, it really was a wholesome experience. And I think going through these kind of things is there's no reason you should be hiding anything because you're, you're again missing an opportunity for like just sharing and growth. It's so wonderful. I, um, on this conversation of masculinity, <clears throat> I just want to tell you that your headshot slash your Facebook picture does not look or sound like you. Really? Like, oh, okay. I, Sorry. <laughs> in that, in that picture, I really was expecting like a deep voice. Dude. <laughs> I, I was completely shocked when you first popped and so <laughs> I think it's it's the 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 look the position the black and white I mean it says oh yeah dude well you're right actually it does it does scream masculinity maybe that's why I've been vibing my masculinity lately I really want to <laughs> slam it in our people's throats <laughs> and they can choke on your foreskin <laughs> 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 oh dear! That's, no, I All love right. that. Thank you for feedback. How um, how can people find you? Do you want them to find you? Yeah, I don't mind if people want to find me, and they can um, send me messages or on Instagram. Probably is the best because it's my most. I guess I feel like it's my the the public sharing space. I don't use Facebook that much and um things like that. But um, yeah, my Instagram is um. Aaron by nature, double A-R-O-N uh, by nature, all one word. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm going to add you right now. Yeah. Well, in a second right now, I'm trying to do a podcast <laughs> with spaces or just, just all one word. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see if it'll figure it out since I put spaces cause I'm old. <laughs> well this, Oh, there you are. Yep. It's, people, I swear I mean, to God that, it doesn't look like you at all. You're actually much more handsome in person. Oh, thank you so honestly. much. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you oh, look I, I, you look yeah. good in that picture. You just don't look like you. Yeah, I think I completely agree. Pictures do not. It's like it's like getting a text message and and assuming like you learning something about it. There's no nuance. <laughs> right. There's more nuance in pictures, but yeah, I completely agree. I actually have been thinking of a new one that I might pop up soon. Well, now I'm excited. I want to go to Australia someday. And if I do, I will definitely be like, hey, Aaron, I'm here. Come have coffee. <laughs> Please do. Yes, I would love that. Um, so everybody, you can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed, standupcomedysexed.com. And I've got my Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, and politely share an alternate point of view. Generally, let us know what you think of this episode and any other episodes. So search for Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast and share. If you can figure out how to leave a comment, go ahead. I still haven't figured out how to do it. But I appreciate everybody continuing to listen, even though I haven't posted an episode in five or six weeks. I'm still getting between 50 and 100 listens a day. So that feels good. I'm excited about Ooh. it. So. Aaron, thank you so much for opening up about your penis and you know, coming just randomly being like, this girl wants to talk about your penis. And you're like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> and staying up till 11 o'clock at night, your time to do it. 
Yes, good night and good morning to you all. Thank you so much for having me, Raylene. Yes, and I'm actually going to drop this tonight because I drop them on, actually usually drop them Wednesday, 6 a.m. So I think I'll just drop it now. I'll just edit it and put it out there. <laughs> Brilliant. You're Wonderful. really lovely. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I really, I love what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. You seem to be doing it and you're doing it in a really healthy, like caring way. And I think respectful way as well, despite some opinions, it's fine. Right. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Keep doing it. Don't leave five, don't wait five or six weeks again. I will, I just gotta find more people. To work. I think, you know, what happened is a lot of people went back to work and now they're just not available to talk about sex anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, you go get something to eat. I'll talk to you later. All right. Good night. Bye, Aaron. And good morning. Thank you. Bye.